Hey, well, good morning, and we are so glad that you guys are here today. You're in for a treat today. Usually at our church, there's one communicator, but today there is three communicators. We've been in a series called Squad Goals. Squad Goals, if you need some people in your life to, to run with, right? we, we wrote down a couple things. If you want to jot these down, you need a squad. You need a squad. You, whether you know it or not, you need a, you need a squad. I was, this week, I was at, a, I was at a, a, a meeting, and a lady said to me, hey, what do you think I need? I'm like, you need a squad. Like, you need some people in your life that are healthy and that want to help you out. We need a squad. And the second thing we learned uh, this month already is that Jesus needs to be at the center of that squad. Like right in the middle of that squad needs to be, Jesus should be at the center of your squad. And that, that works out really well. And um, today I wanted to, um, we're launching groups today. And uh, we have signups that are going on right now. They're online. There will be group signups again next week. And we're trying to help people get in a squad. That one, of the, one of the biggest deficits, one of the biggest problems that we see in society today is that people are lonely. It's an epidemic, and so we're trying to stop that epidemic, and we think if we can put people in squads, they're going to be, they're going to be healthy. We gave some statistics last week, but one of the things that we learned is that isolation is, is, is hurting our country, and um, so we want to make sure that we, we stop isolation. We want to help people get in, get in squads. So about a year ago, uh, um, my, my man right here, Chase, rolled into my life. He walked into this church, and we just kind of yoked up, and we became friends, and God started using him and, um, and, and, and me and just kind of connecting us. And I'm so thankful uh, for that relationship. The last 14 months, God's done an incredible thing in our life. And we agree on two things. We need, we need a squad. And Jesus needs to be at the center of that squad. About six months ago, Nelson walked into, the, walked into our church and really just kind of yoked up. With him, he and his wife kind of yoked up with, with Diane, our wife. And same thing with, with, with Chase. And we just kind of became friends. And we agreed on two things. That we need a squad. And we needed Jesus to be at the center of that squad. And Three years ago, I met, I met Brad. I've known Brad the, the longest time out of all these guys. But really, the last year and a half, two years, God has just linked us up. And uh, God has used uh, Brad to bring me along in some areas of my life that I need to be brought along. And I'm thankful, and, I've, and I'm hoping that I've helped Brad uh, come along in some areas of his life. These three men up here and, and, their, and their families, they're going to be leading community groups. And, um, and we, we've got, I think there's 13 groups right now that are launching in the next couple of weeks. But um, Chase is going to be leading a group that meets on Sunday nights. And um, it's going to be in Oakland. It's, it's, a, um, it's going to be an incredible group. It's going to help you grow in, in your faith. And it's going to help you move along in, in your journey with Jesus. Still think for that. Uh, Nelson and his wife are going to be leading a group on Monday nights right here in, in the Orlando Health Central room. And uh, love for you to be in a group with them. Um, that's Monday nights. And then on Wednesday nights, um, uh, Brad and his wife are going to be leading a group um, right back here. And just back here uh, tucked away in, in Windermere Winter Garden address. And, these three guys are going to encourage you today. You're about to be encouraged. I got to sit and listen to them preach already for the first service and just super, super deal. So here's the deal. They only got seven minutes apiece. That's all they got. You're like, how can they preach in seven minutes? I told Brad, I said, Brad, you ready for tomorrow? Like, you got seven minutes. He's like, I got 45. <laughs> I'm like, you have a 45? Like, or you, like, what kind of 45? He's like, but God's going to use these guys to speak to us. And when you listen, now here's the deal. They know they have a timer up here. So they got seven minutes. We're going to clap for them when they, when they start. If they don't end, we're going to clap for them to help them end. You know, like just clapping for someone is going to, is going to encourage them. You're going to be encouraged. You're, 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 going to be, you're going to be lifted up. You're going to be, you're going to be filled up. I'm going to toss the mic to Chase. Let's put our hands together for Chase. Good morning, guys. I am so excited to be here today. Um, I'm excited for the opportunity that Wes and Dinah have given me. Uh, before we get started, I believe in giving honor where honors due. My wife is currently with a bunch of your kids right now in um, Hope Kids. 
pray for her. It's better her than me right now. So um, I also want to give, you know, honor to our pastors, Pastor Wes, Pastor Diana, and Pastor Joel. Um, you know, they were the only people that have really taken a chance on me. So I give you guys honor, and I thank you guys for what God's done for you. Um, you know, being up here, it's, it's incredible. Um, last night, I'm laying in bed with my wife, separately, of course, um, and she asked me, she's like, how do you feel about tomorrow? I'm like, if you don't leave me alone, I'm going to be tired about tomorrow, so I need you to stop. And, and, but I was like, you know, I feel dumbfounded. Like, dumbfounded was the only word that came to my mind, and she's like, what do you mean? And I told her, I said, you know, 14 months ago, you dragged me into this church that I didn't want to go to. You essentially threatened me. You said, I'm going to punch you in the face if you don't come with me right now. And 14 months later, I'm on a stage. I have Hope Brand on my chest, and I represent a community that's just incredible. Um, I say that to say this. I was supposed to be a statistic, but standing up here, I'm not. My mom and I, we were talking. My mom was back there. It's actually the first time that she's heard me speak, so this is quite awesome. Uh, my mom and I were, uh, we were laughing um, last night. There's a story that she always tells me. Um, I grew up without my father really being there. He's a drug addict. Um, as much as I don't like to say that he is, um, there's a story that my mom tells me, and it makes me laugh. We're in Podunk, West Virginia, and my little old mom goes to this trucker station and gets in a 18-wheeler opens the door, and there's my dad with a plate and some powder, and she's the big bad wolf. She huffs and puffs, and she blows it all over him. And to me, it's funny because as I grew up, I witnessed a lot of that same thing with him. Um, you know, there were times where I saw him, you know, trading his prescriptions and selling them and using the bathroom on himself and stumbling and falling. Um, you know, that feeling of rejection from your father sucks beyond belief. Um, it gives you that feeling that it's you against the world type thing. You don't need anybody else. And unfortunately, I chose the wrong community because of that. I ran with drugs. I ran with people that resorted to violence. I, you know, we carried guns. And again, this is a therapy session for my mom, so I'm sure I'm going to hear about it later on. Um, but, you know, things that I'm not proud of, things that, you know, I've really followed after my father on. I realized as I got older, though, not only do I need a community, but we all need it. We need godly people that will show us love. They will show us support. We need parental figures like Nelson and your Wes's, you know, like people that will grab you and say, listen, like life's hard. Here, let me be, you know, let me help you out. Um, I've been married almost four years. Uh, the first two and a half years, I got permission to say this word earlier, so thank you was hell, was absolute hell, like capital H-E-L-L, hell. Um, you know, I, I was learning how to be a husband without ever learning how to be a man. Um, and unfortunately, you know, I looked, YouTube doesn't have tutorials on how to be a man or a husband. So my search, <laughs> so my search history looks a bit questionable. Um, you know, I have this book, it's literally called How to Be a Gentleman for Dummies. Um, I failed miserably at both aspects of that. I could fake it very well, but I failed. Um, you know, we came to hope. Hope was our saving grace. You know, uh, being around godly, you know, couples like Nelson and Jenny, you know, our Diane and Wes's, you know, our Debbie's and Steve's, you know, they taught me how to love my wife like Jesus loves the church. You know, being around a community group taught me how to put Jesus first. You know, being around Joel, 
and Steve. You know, they taught me how to be a better man, a better brother, a better son, a better friend, and a better uncle. Um, and I honor them for that. It's huge. Um, Ecclesiastes 4, 9 through 10 tells us two people are better off than one, for they can help each other succeed. If one person falls, the other can reach out and help. But someone who falls alone is in real trouble. I tell you this, this was written almost 3,000 years ago by King Solomon at the very end of his life. Now Solomon, the son of David, he was far from God at times. And this was his way of helping future generations be like, listen, you need to put God first. And it's so incredible to me that something 3,000 years later can be so relevant to today. I think that Saul would agree that we have to change me to we. That mindset of me, 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 me has to change to we, 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 we. We succeed together. I don't succeed alone. I don't succeed without my people here. I don't succeed without you guys here. That we succeed together, we end up making a difference in the culture. I think it's important to understand, too, that community isn't a building. This YMCA is a gift from God, and it's incredible. However, though, it's not who hope is. Hope isn't Wes and Diana. Hope is you guys. Hope is the, the love that you guys have put into each other, into this community. Hope is every day when you walk out there and you act like Jesus, people say, you know what? You're probably from hope. You know, culture tells us you don't need to come. You can just learn about you know, Jesus from home, you don't need to be part of anything. And that's true. However, coming to church, it allows you to see Jesus in other people. So for example, you get your coffee at the, at the coffee bar. That's Jesus. Um, kind of run out of time, I'm trying to hurry up. I'm sorry. Um, <laughs> I say this to end with this. Our walk should never be done alone. A statistic was shown that 56% of adults feel lonely. So to put that into perspective, if we were to divide this entire auditorium in half, you guys would be lonely and you guys would be faking it, to be honest. Because I think to some part, we all feel lonely without Jesus. And I think that my prayer for all of us is that the posture of our heart needs to change from me to we. And that when we go to our workplaces or wherever we go, that people see Jesus in us, that we radiate Jesus off of us. And I just... Pray that our communities change because of us. I love you guys. Thank you. I have to go help my wife now with kids. <laughs> good. Love this guy. Him and his wife, they came. He came week one, and uh, they came, and he came in very begrudgingly. Week two, his, his wife's Hispanic. I said, hey, where's your husband at? She's like, oh, he ain't here. And I was like, oh, he's in trouble. Like, you don't want to mess with a Latin mama. I know that for sure. And she walked, and he said, but he came back week three. I'm like, yo. He must have gotten in trouble. He's like, yeah, she brought me back here again. God's done a work in his life, and God has brought him here. One of our leaders, he's coming on team in the fall. God's doing an incredible thing in his life. A year ago, um, he, we got to change me to we, though. Solo never works. Solo never, ever, ever works. Um, about six months ago, I met, um, I met um, Nelson and his wife, and they've been incredible people in my life. I'm very thankful. Um, I, don't know if Nelson, I don't know if Nelson's carrying this confidently yet, but Nelson's become like a spiritual father for a lot of people in this church, and we needed it. When we launched the church, it was a bunch of young people. And I'm like, God, send somebody bald or gray. You fit both of those descriptions. Come on, let's put our hands together for Nelson this morning. Thank you, bro.
Hey, these guys are an encouragement. A lot of you encourage me. Pastor West is an encourager, isn't he? He's a smooth encourager. First time I ever come to church, almost the first thing he says to me was, hey, that's a good-looking shirt you got. I was like, really? Yeah. So second week, true story, he says to me, those are great-looking slacks. Where'd you get those? I was like, these old things? Yeah. Now I'm, go- I'm with the- in the outlets with Jenny, and I'm saying, what do you think of these shoes? She said, they're nice. I'm saying, no, no, no. What do you think West will think? Yeah. <laughs> Why? Because he's an encourager, right? He's an encourager. You know who's an encourager in the, in the scriptures? is the Apostle Paul. In 1 Thessalonians 5.11, the Apostle Paul is writing to his old squad, a squad that he started. And he says, therefore, encourage one another and build each other up, just as, in fact, you are doing. What's he saying? He said, keep doing what you're doing. Keep encouraging one another. You know why? Because that's what good squads do. If, you, if you're not being encouraged, you're not in a good squad. You need yourself a good squad. You know, Paul wasn't always an encourager. And here, Paul is his Roman name. His Hebrew name was Saul. And back in the day when he was known as Saul, he was actually arresting Christians, throwing them in prison, getting them killed. And one time he was on his way to Damascus to arrest Christians when a bright light shone. And he was blinded. And Jesus spoke to him, said, hey, go to Damascus and meet with a guy named Ananias. He meets with Ananias. Ananias is a Christian. He shares with him the word of God. And he receives Jesus. He gets saved. He, he gains his sight, and right there he goes and gets baptized. And, and this is where he first came to know God. He thought he knew God because he was a Pharisee, but he didn't know God. He came to know God. And shortly after that, now the Jews in Damascus, they're trying to arrest him and kill him. So he flees. He goes down to Jerusalem, and he tries to connect with the Christians in Jerusalem, but they won't have anything to do with him. Why? Because they're afraid of him. But there was one brave soul, a man named Barnabas. Actually, he's known as the son of encouragement. And, and he went and he found Saul and he spoke with them and then he brought them to the apostles. And in, uh, and in Acts 9.28 it says, so Saul stayed with the apostles and went around Jerusalem with them. So here's where Saul actually got connected with the squad. And this is where Saul, his, he started to find freedom. You see, before that, he was a slave to sin. Before that, he was a slave to the law. The folks were trying to arrest him, and now he was beginning to find freedom because he found the squad. And Barnabas continued to mentor him and disciple him. Sometime later, some, something started happening in Antioch, and there was Gentiles who started becoming Christians. Up to that point, only Jews were receiving Christ and receiving the Holy Spirit. And now these Gentiles were getting saved, and they sent Barnabas up there to check it out. Barnabas says, wow, this is something new. I don't know what's going on. He goes, he gets Paul. He says, Paul, come with me. Let's start this new squad, the squad of Gentile Christians. And together, they formed this squad. And it was there where Paul began to discover his purpose. It was there where, see, back in Acts chapter 9, verse 15, before Paul was even a Christian, Jesus reveals to Ananias, he says, for Saul is my chosen instrument to take my message to the Gentiles. Before Saul was even a Christian, God had a purpose for him, just like God has a purpose for you and for me. And you know what? It's there where he began to discover his purpose. And now with Barnabas, they go and they go from country to country, city to city, and and reaching people. And it's there where Paul started to make a difference. You know, Paul wrote more books than anybody in the, in the Bible. He wrote almost half the New Testament. He, he affected many cities and, and started uh, uh, squads all over the place. Thessalonica, Galatia, Corinth, Philippi, Rome, and on and on. And you know what? Just like Barnabas mentored and discipled him, he began to disciple and mentor other great men of God, Mark and Luke, who later would write scripture. Timothy and Titus, who were young men who would, who would become pastors and leaders of these squads. And you know what? That's not only for Paul. That's for you and me as well. You know, you know before Jenny and I, before we got saved, we used to, we used to be dancers. 
During the week, yeah, he laughs. During the week, yeah, during the week, we, we'd be at the dance studio on, on Saturday, Friday night, and Saturday night, we'd be at the, the clubs in Manhattan. Man, we'd roll up on it. Well, we wouldn't actually roll up on a club because I didn't have a car. We'd take, the, we'd take the subway, and then we'd walk to the club, and there'd be a line of people waiting, and you know what? We'd go right to the front. They'd open that velvet rope, and we'd walk right in. No cover charge for us. You know why? Because that's the squad we ran in. We, we, we hung with some of the greatest dancers in New York, and that's the squad we were in. But you know what? Our life was empty. We needed more. We needed more. And you know what? We couldn't go to church on a Sunday morning because we were getting home on Sunday morning about 8 o'clock in the morning. But this church, they had a Sunday night service, and we went there, and, and you know what? They, pre they preached the message very much like pastor does, ABC. And you know, that's when Jenny and I, we committed our lives to Christ. And you know, that's where we came to know God. And then, and then before, but you're good for us, there was a group of 20-something-year-olds, people who were excited about Jesus, and we connected with that squad. And there were people in that squad who, who we took a, got a deeper relationship with, people who would mentor and disciple us, and we began to grow. And it's there where we started to find freedom. Our lives changed. And, you know, on Friday and Saturday nights, instead of going to the clubs, we couldn't wait to hang out with the squad. We had more fun with the squad than we ever had in the clubs. And that's where we began to discover our purpose. You know, six months later, we were only Christians in six months, pastor says, comes to us and says, hey, you guys are growing so much. Would you guys take on a youth ministry? He said, yeah, we'll do the youth ministry. What's a youth ministry? <laughs> yeah. So we didn't know. We didn't know what we were getting ourselves into, but we were excited and we wanted to serve God. And it's there where we began to discover our purpose and find our gifts and see how God could use us in the church and with people. And then we started to make a difference. I don't, I don't have time to tell you, but there's family members friends, even complete strangers that we had encounters with that we influenced. And today, they're in church, they're serving God, they're on their way to heaven. You know why? Because we made a difference. So, so I want to encourage you, like Barnabas encouraged Paul, like, like Paul encouraged the Galatians and the Thessalonians, and like Pastor Wes and Joel and so many of you encouraged me, I want to encourage you. You know what? Go find yourself a squad because you need to encourage others. Go find yourself a squad because you need encouragement from others. And you know what? When you find that squad, go find yourself a deep relationship with a, with, with a Barnabas. You need a Barnabas in your life who could help you to navigate your Christian walk. And you know, some of you are mature enough to be Barnabas. You should be looking for Paul. So all I want to say is, hey, I love Hope Church. I love you all. God bless you. Thank you. You want to save your life. I love this guy. Um, I have this thing, my brother-in-law is laughing because I, I, when I, I have this thing with my brother-in-law, I always go up to him like, yo, I really like those. He's like, oh, thanks, man, I really appreciate that. The next time I see him, like, yo, I really like those. He goes, fine, I'll get you a pair. <laughs> so I'm trying to work Nelson over for a shirt, and it didn't work as good, but it worked for my brother-in-law. Uh, Nelson's awesome. If you, you need to be friends with Nelson, here's why, because he makes really good tostones, and you need, you need tostones in your life. And uh, him and his wife, they're incredible. Cook some pernil and some arroz con pollo. Like, you need some people like them in your life to make you all the things Spanish. And so um, they're incredible. And Nelson is a huge, huge, huge encouragement to me and my wife. They came to our church and they said, we visited another church, um, but we felt like they didn't need us there. He goes, we want to be a part of making a difference. I meet so many people. They hit 40, hit 50. The older they get, the less they want to go out and make a difference. And the older that they get, they're trying to make a greater difference. I love that. They're, they're trying to figure out ways to be generous and help more people and get more people to Jesus. They're going to they're gonna do an incredible, they're going to do an incredible, um, it's going to be an incredible group. So far, I know you guys are like, yo, 
how do you pick a group to get in? Because all these guys are doing a great job. And we have groups that are, some of our group leaders aren't even up here yet. And so they're doing an incredible job. But I'm very thankful for Nelson's and his wife, their investment in Diana. They always check on us and need them. We need you guys. So thank you. Um, Brad, Brad's got a very unique story. Brad, I, for a year, I begged Brad to come to church. He wouldn't come. And, um, but the last two years, finally, my, my, my begging persisted long enough. He got sick of me begging him, and he showed up. And some of you guys are looking at me like, yeah, you begged me too. <laughs> I'm like, that's why you're judging me. Don't judge me. But for, uh, for, for about a year and a half, almost two years now, God is using him in a, in a great way in our church. My daughter invested in his daughter. He's invested in my son. And we really got just kind of yoked us up. And um, we've all agreed on, on two things. We need Jesus. And we need Jesus at the center of our squad, and, and, and Brad's kind of emulated that in my life. So put your hands together for my man, Brad. Can we get one more round of applause for Chase and Nelson? They were, they were unbelievable. Um, if you guys can put my verse on the screen, 2 Timothy 3.16. What, what Wes won't tell you is that um, for that year or year and a half that he was chasing me down, I didn't think I needed to be here. Um, and what he also didn't say is at that two-year mark when I came, I was at my absolute lowest point. Like I remember him being the person that was there 11 o'clock, 12 o'clock at night outside of a Panera, me breaking down, going through the most difficult season of my life and the life of my family. Um, so that's what this church has meant for me. Uh, we were having Starbucks. You know him. He likes to have coffee. So it was two weeks ago. Yeah, there you go. We were down the street, we were talking about community group, and he dropped a bomb on me. He said, I would really love you to get on stage and really speak with everybody about the Bible and what it's meant to you and, and what it means in the life of a believer. And, I, and so immediately in my mind, I wanted to walk out and call Diana and say, Diana, we need to like put both services together. I need two hours. You need to shorten your set, minimum of, of 45 minutes. And then he said seven minutes. And so I'll be honest with you, in seven minutes, I cannot share how the Bible has changed my life. I cannot share how it's made me a better husband, how it's made me a better father, how it's allowed me to pour into community better, how it's made me better in the workplace. Seven minutes won't do it, but I'd be happy to share my testimony with anyone in here at any time. Catch me outside, let's go to lunch, let's go to dinner, and I will share with you what this book has done in my life. But since I only have now five minutes and 30 seconds, what I would like to do is chew through a verse really quick. It's in 2 Timothy. If you have your Bible, please open it up. If you got your phone, get there, or you can follow it on the screen. But it's 2 Timothy 3, 16, and that says, All Scripture is inspired by God and profitable. In my book, it says, For doctrine, for reproof, for correction, and for training in righteousness. Now, the first word in this book really sticks out to me, and that's all. As someone who has been a believer for over 20 years, what I have religiously done is picked and choose in this book what I wanted for me, right? But, but this word says all, which means Old Testament, New Testament, Genesis to Revelations. This is the infallible authority of the word of God. You don't get to pick and choose. You take the whole thing as believer. It says inspired by God. What that means is the Holy Spirit came upon men and they put this book together by grace of the Holy Spirit. But let's see what it is good for. It is profitable. What is profitable? That means it will work for your benefit. That means it's here to bless you. It will make you better. Why do we start a business? Derek, a business owner back there. I tell you right now, Derek started his business to make a profit. You know what that means? He wanted to be better than where he started. When you come in contact with this book, you will leave better than when you started. That's a guarantee. What is it profitable for? Doctrine. Now, that's a word that it took me a little while to understand what that really means. Doctrine for us is our beliefs and principles that govern everything. They're in this book. The beautiful thing about doctrine 
is that you can always, no matter where you're at in life, measure your life against it, and it will let you know where you stand. That means no matter what's going on, you think you have a word from the Lord, you're struggling with something. If it contradicts anything in this book, you know it's not from the Lord. That's the beauty of this book. It also says for reproof. Now, this is my least favorite word. Reproof meaning rebuke. What is rebuke? Right? It's to tell somebody or tell you about yourself stuff that you don't want to hear. I am married to a woman who I love more than anything in the world. I call her an Old Testament woman. That means she gets her pound of flesh. Right? So she will get in my face and challenge me if I'm living in a way that contradicts this book. I've got to tell you, rebuke of the scripture, rebuke of those people that you love, that, that's what love is. What's not love is to see someone headed for destruction and not confront them in their sin. I'm so grateful that I'm a part of a community with relationships like Wes and Joel and other leaders in this church that I, if I was actively living in sin, that they would come confront me and say, hey man, we love you. You, you haven't been called to live this way. Repent. Um, next is correction. And a lot of people get these confused, right? Isn't rebuke and correction the same thing? No. Correction is a change of course, right? When you come in contact with the word of God, it changes the direction of your life. You know, I said this in the first service. Everyone's going to leave here and we're going to pick where we're going to go out to eat. And you may be going somewhere new. And you will plug that address into ways and you will trust that satellite is going to get you to where you need to go but we won't put our lives in the hands of Almighty God. You know, that, that's convicting for me. Um, and, and let me tell you something else about this book. It will not get you anywhere you want to go. It will get you where you need to go. That's why we need this book. And the last part is for training in righteousness. It is profitable for training in righteousness, for instruction in righteousness. That means that it will be a lamp unto your feet and a light unto your path. That means that it will guide you, it will lead you. This book has made me love and honor my wife better. It has made me raise my kids better because experiencing the love of the father through his word, I know now how to love my children. I know how to love Wes's kids and the kids in our youth group. I know that, let me encourage you, this is kind of off topic, but I, I would encourage you today if you're a believer and you don't have a Bible in your home, it's great to use it on your phone, but you know what I love? I love that I have highlights and notes in here and that one day I'm gonna hand this to my daughter. I'm going to hand it to them both, and they're going to be able to go through this and see where I was struggling, where I found freedom, where I found my purpose. They're going to be able to see all the notes that I took. I can't hand them the iPhone, but I can hand them this, and we can pass this down. And understanding the history of the Bible, that at a point in Rome, right after God, uh, right after Jesus had died, they, people had no access to this. You had to go into the church and hear it from someone. People died for us to have this book. We have them sitting right out there. If you don't have one, please grab one on your way out. We have people, anyone you see with a Dream Team badge, you, want to, you really want to dive in. That's what our community groups are for. It's Bible study. We are there to study God's word. So I would encourage you, every single one of you in here, go out there to the sign-up sheet. Get plugged in. we got groups for new believers. If you're questioning something, we got groups for that. We got, we're doing Ruth where we're, me and my wife are discussing identity. And really the story of Ruth, how so powerful it is that she finds identity. It gets restored, and that's what Christ does for us. So... What I'd like everyone to do right now, I'd like to pray over the reading of this word. I'd like to pray over the, the gentleman that came up and spoke before me. But really, if there's anyone in here and you're lost and you really want to understand this word, I'd love to pray for you. So if we could all just bow our heads, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to pray for us real quick. Father, we're just, we're just so grateful that we can be here in community, that we can come into this place, Father, and that we could, that we could experience your love in a very real way. 
I'm thankful for Wes and Diana, Father, as they, as they lead this church, Father, as they, as they lean on you and listen to your voice, Father. Um, I just pray blessing over them. Father, I pray for the believer that's in here, Father, that, that is afraid to open this book. Um, Father, I pray that you would speak to them in a real way and let them know that in opening this book that you reveal yourself to us daily. Father, I would pray for the unbeliever in here. If you're in here and you don't have a relationship with Christ, man, I would love for you to see me three years ago. And I grew up in the church. Um, and I want to invite you right now. Um, the beauty of this book is, is in Jesus, in, in Jesus Christ and his salvation and what he did for you. Um, we're all sinners. And we all have the opportunity to spend eternity with the creator who loved you so much that he came down embodied as Jesus Christ, his son, and, and died on the cross for your sins. And Wes says it every week, it's as simple as this. A, acknowledge that you're a sinner. Acknowledge, Father, I have sinned. I have separated myself from you, but I want to be reconciled. B, believe that he came down and died on the cross and owned your sin, owned my sin, so that we could spend eternity with him. And the Bible says that if you do that, you're a new human being. You are born again. We read John 3.16 all the time. Everyone knows that. But that interaction that he had that night with Nicodemus, he says, you can be born again. So if you prayed that prayer, welcome in. It is the best decision you've ever made in your life. I'm not going to ask you to raise your hand up, but I would say tell somebody. Come find one of us with a Dream Team badge. Find Wes. Find Diana. Come pull me aside. I'd love to pray for you. And I would pray that you would get involved in a community group so that people could pour into your life and you will be surprised how much you can pour into someone else's life. Father, we just thank you so much for this place, for your word, and for your son. And we pray all this in your name. Amen. Come on, let's put our hands together. Thank you. Thank you for these communicators that brought a word for us, each of us. Hey, you got to get in a squad. Hey, and I'm going to say this to you. If Jesus ain't, this, Jesus ain't at the center, it ain't a squad. I don't know what it is, but it ain't a squad. Jesus needs to be at the center if not, it's just, a, it's, just a, it's, it's a group of cheerleaders just hanging out. Hey, here's why. I, I, had, a, I had a lady, um, Derek and Giselle, are going to be leading Financial Peace University. Seems like, oh, that's not that big of a deal. It's a huge deal. They led that group. A lady walked up to me today, and she goes, hey, um, I, I went through that group with Derek and Giselle. I said, awesome. Was it great? She goes, it was great. She goes, there's a single mom out there. She needs this class. She goes, I want to pay for her. And this lady, she's... She's getting out of debt and she's trying to get ahead, but she's like, hey, I want to make sure I pay. I want to pay it for it. I want to make sure someone else can get there because it, made, it changed my life. You, you, you need that. And so there's a group for everybody. Another lady out in the front, she's serving, she's making a difference. She came through that financial peace class. Like there's so many of these, of these, of these environments you can jump in. It's going to make you better. It's going to make you better. That's, it's profitable. We're going to study the Bible. That's going to profit you. It's going to make you better. We want to make you, we want to help you get better in your finances, your relationship with Jesus, your relationship with other people, your life. We want everything about you just to keep on getting better. Being in a group is going to help you do that. I am solo. I said it earlier, solo doesn't work. I've never seen it work. It just, it just doesn't. LeBron James, one of the best players in the world, has more coaches than the worst player in the league. doesn't make any sense to you and I, does it? Well, that's why he's so good, because he has people correcting and, and admonishing and all things that the Bible does for us. He has some people speaking into his life. You need that in your life. You need that. So hop in a group, man. Don't miss out and say, I'll get in a group next season. You said that last season. You said the season before. 
you need some people that are pushing you and that are for you and that are cheering you on. And I hope your squad has people in your life. A guy walked out to me, he said, hey man, this was, he came to me, grown man. When you see grown men cry, it changes your perspective. He goes, wasn't as bad as I thought. I said, really? I said, I thought, I thought it was gonna be really bad for you. He, he, this guy, his wife's been coming for three or four weeks, maybe three months. She got saved at her church. She'd been asking her husband to come to church. He don't wanna come. So the day he shows up, where does she make him sit at? The front freaking row. I'm expecting him not to come back. Ladies, if your husband don't like church, don't make him sit in the front row. That ain't gonna help. I mean, I know that. Like, I'm not smart, but I know that. She makes it in the front row. He walked into tears and eyes. He goes, I grew up Quaker. You know, I just pretend like I know what that meant. I didn't. I was like, yeah, man, I get that. <laughs> he said, this wasn't as bad as I thought. He said, I need this. So he starts crying. He doesn't need church. He needs Jesus. And I'll tell you what I know, friends. Your environment matters. If you're not growing, your environment is trash. I know that because I see so many people every single day. People meet me, they're like, hey, can I get with you? Man, school got back in session. Everybody needed my help. I'm, I'm, ba I'm backed up for two weeks. It's awesome. It's incredible. I love it. Just coaching people on, on life. Every, you know what all of them is? I just go back. I'm like, hey, where, where are you spending the most time at? Where are you spending the most time at? If you find yourself in the right environment, it's a, it's a, we have a timing issue. If, you, if you've ever driven a car before and it starts not working right and it's, Sometimes there's a timing issue. I'm not, against you having, I'm not against you having friends who are lost. You should, because if, if you don't have any friends that are lost, you're not going to be able to get them to Jesus. But I will question your timing. i got to spend more time with Joel and, and these guys up here to build me up. So when I go build other people, I don't let, they don't let them drag me down. I don't want to get weighted. There's a timing issue. I'm not against you hanging out with your friends. If you guys go out and it's 10 o'clock at night, 11 o'clock at night and you're married and you, you know you, you got a wife and kids and you're still out and they're staying until 2 or 3 in the morning there's a timing issue it's not bad that you're hanging out with them maybe you got to get in the car and you, they, maybe they can stay but you got to go back I had a guy tell me that he goes I had to change my squad up I said why is it because they, they keep on asking me to go to strip clubs I don't want to go there he said so when we go out to dinner and they all go there he goes I just come back he goes I just go I just go home I got a wife and kids I want to go back and I want to pour into my marriage environment matters don't have a timing issue don't have a time issue. We're going to sing.